one of the first projects I ever did when I went to art college in TV graphics was to try to recreate at that time uh, a new identity for RT2 at the time. And I completely went back to when Martin Army done, I made a feckin' hand. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to an extra special episode of I Love That Ad. We are here in the wonderful ImageNow offices in Dublin and we're joined by David Torpy, Executive Creative Director and Founder of ImageNow, as well as Daryl Kavanagh, Managing Director and Founder of ImageNow. Welcome to the podcast, gents. Cheers. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Heard so much about you. <laughs> it's great to actually physically see you. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. Digitally see you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the offices are great. Thanks so much for having us in. We're just delighted to get out of our Zoom boxes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. It's not often. It's People not are going to think their LinkedIn feeds is uh, slightly broken. Um, yeah. No, it's actually great to use the studio for things like this because everybody was working from home, you know. Yeah. And kind of creativity kind of sometimes needs places, space, yes. like studios yeah. to, to do these kind of things. So we're actually delighted to have you in here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm getting a good return on investment yeah. for this kind of space <laughs> of place, though. It's like talking to your wife about handbags. Cost per wear. I use it every day. It's okay. Touching, it's like a that, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, for us, it's, it's great. Like we, we talk about it loads on the podcast about creativity and in actual physical spaces, how much nicer it is to be able to just have an idea and just shout at someone and then leave it well known for an hour and let them and think about it and watch their physical reaction yeah, 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 yeah. Where they like, grow that, that didn't land okay yeah, well, yeah, scrap yeah, it yeah. scrap it whereas when you're on zoom and you have to like send a team's invite um it kind of it can kill an awful lot of gets fun. a bit transactional it you yeah, lose the nuances like, and you can yeah. read people a lot better in person than exactly you know. yeah and it's like um yeah we're going to schedule fun it's like that so yeah, anytime we can get in person, yeah. it's kind of it's it's important for us. So yeah, delighted. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having Great. us. No. And one of the actually nice things about about being here is walking from the front door right up to here. There's some of your work is all over the place, and it's gorgeous to actually see darkness and light. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, it's nice that they live beyond just a website or just a a, mm. a showreel. Yeah. And I suppose it, it, it there's a real kind of juxtaposition when a lot of the guests we've had on previously would have been kind of in the in the advertising heavy space or the marketing department space yeah whereas you you guys are, are an image now in general is is in that branding space and where everything looks gorgeous uh so I'd, I'd love to know from the work you've done here when you see that eventually translate into a piece Reality. of copy <laughs> is your heart singing is it breaking is it a mix of all Sometimes it all depends on how good the ad is. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's a love-hate relationship with that whole side of things because obviously there's commerciality and rationale and reasons behind certain ways uh, and approaches to advertising that the craft and design and branding has a different levity to it. So it has to last a bit longer and, and the message needs to be a bit more subtle but more kind of engaging and in a very emotional way that the advertising needs to be quite tactical and quite straight to the point so it, it, it does there is that and but when it when it hits together perfectly it sings you can tell you know and that's the thing when you when you get that good agency who comes up with the great concept and, and pushes what you've done further but in the right direction it, it just it becomes wonderful i suppose what we are like we're designers you know so yeah. the guys who create ads are copywriters and uh, sometimes art directors sometimes marketing people you know but we design, we make things. That's what we do. You know, so you might in an ad, an ad world, we would like to sort of put ourselves in the role of maybe the director, 
you know, who's some onset, I have to make this thing and it has to last for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, particularly if it's filmmaking. And if it's a good ad, 20, 30, 50 years as well. <laughs> you know? yeah, so, yeah, so there's a real craft to what it is that we do. Uh, and it's, you know, it's about getting in and being really tight, really make it it's something that endures, stands a test of time. So we've built our densities for Riverdance or recently on Pust or we worked with Sundance or we're like, so no kind of a density is something if it's done really well you get a fedex out of it an apple out of it it goes 20 30 40 years so there's that thing when sometimes in the ad world it's very transient it's about a promotion i gotta sell this thing gotta sell it fast i gotta cut through and differentiation ours is about kind of like can we cut through have meaningful differentiation and stand the test of time and design an identity and design a type or a font and i heard you talk about font ones recently that actually like that kind of as itself somebody could own and it's part of their identity you know so we we live in the world of identity you know so an identity touches so many things it's a tone of voice it's look and feel it's a physical environment it's digital environment all of these things stemming from a great graphic identity yeah. i mean so that's that's the world that we live in so a lot of our work does end up in ads most of the ads we don't really like a couple of them we do though because <laughs> we sub because you know and it's, we understand that they have to move a pace they've that got a certain purpose budget, yeah. a certain time uh, you know, it's old studio involvement as well. Studio sits up here, kind of goes, "I want this to attract that kind of eighteen-year-old set." And it goes, no, you know, so you know, there's, there's, there's. Sometimes they they work to different rules than we do, you know, but we have to really accept their rules, their needs, yeah, their and their objectives. So yeah, you're you're actually making history on this podcast because not only are we in your lovely building, but it's the first time we've had four people on the podcast at the, at the one time. All right. So uh, instead of the usual, everyone getting three. Uh, you're getting four combined, so uh, two two each, I, I believe. Though yes, yes. <laughs> is the ads we're seeing from exactly what you were saying there, Daryl? Is 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 are they coming through in what you're going to select here? Or I think you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, and for different reasons. Yes. Yeah. You know, so um, the ads, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I'll go to the work. I'll show you the work. One. Uh, yeah, you'll get an understanding as designers how we think about kind of ads or how people should think about ads and how they produce them uh but yeah the the, the choices that we make today are very design led <laughs> yeah, yeah and just to be clear like you know design is like design is a problem solving process it isn't just about kind of abstraction and creativity it's actually we have a job to do to actually like to make sure there's legibility or cut through or distinction but it endures stands the test of time great designers produce stuff that people just stands the test of time and that's the key you know for so the work we hope today hopefully will show you it stands the test of time. Christ, I hope so. Anyway, there's a lot of weight, <laughs> there's a lot of weight of responsibility in that when you're looking at that brief and, and that empty page. So, uh, can you introduce kind of your, the first ad that maybe kind of sums up someone who's done that right? The first ad, I suppose you can. It's a slight misnomer to call it an ad, but it is an ad. Uh, it was produced in 1982, and it's the first channel identity and ident for channel four uh, and you got to remember i know we're going back in time way before you kind of uh, what what generation are you i don't know i, like, <laughs> I don't even know general kind of generation m but back in 1982 you basically had only five tv channels okay you got bbc one bbc two rt one rt two and you got itv absolute captive audience they could do what they want they could show what they want you know and they had advertisers would just take whatever advertising they get off them national broadcasters with a national remit and it suddenly had this kind of this this channel that just came from left by left field left side decided to do things differently would commission 
producers to produce content rather than have an in-house studio to make that content and project that content. So, and, you know, and they took the number four and then over nine seconds, they took nine geometric symbols. They created this beautiful crafted channel four identity. And to this day, over 50 years later, it's still like, it's perfect, you know? And, the, and what else was brilliant about it was also was that it really explored the idea of motion graphic and sound and movement. Prior to this, you had kind of like the uh, your puppets and you had uh, stop go animation these guys really decided to take the technology which was a very emerging technology at the time and try to actually make this thing assemble and reassemble flat black screen just take the let the, the the number four make it assemble on screen put a really banging soundtrack to it okay and I'll, that I'll, I'll use that they use that to launch in other words, advertise the whole channel. And then they use that as a consistent, continual item for the channel for decades. Uh, it was designed by a guy called Martin Ambinaran. He's kind of a very famous designer that we would kind of draw a lot of inspiration from. He was big in the 60s, 70s, did great title sequence work and so on. Really interesting guy. And he broke that whole mold of how cha channel and TV advertising was done by creating ideas. After that, everybody started to go crazy and kind of go, you know, BBC were like that. MTV started to go into a whole range. And to this day, when you think about Netflix and when she comes on screen and just the, the letters rise, da -dum, this kind of sound and a mnemonic. Channel 4, Martin Lamy learned, they led that line of actually, it wasn't just something you saw, it was something you heard and something you felt. And I think from that perspective, and that was all designed, it all came from a graphic designer, didn't come from an art director, didn't come from necessarily a creative director, <laughs> uh, um, uh, the marketing department. It was kind of a very design-led, it was really risque, really to push to, uh, uh, to what people were doing at the time. Because traditionally, you kind of, you sell what's going to be on the TV channel, you show snippets of what the shows are going to be, blah, 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 blah. No. We do something completely different, completely original, focused on the identity, but the identity designed so well. And look, if you look at the identity as well, it's assembled, it's, it's like it's made of nine geometric pieces that assemble on screen. I remember when I was about 12 when I saw it. Do you remember those geometry sets you got in school? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> With the half circle and the set square. Look, so I remember kind of just, it was like a geometry set. It was like a kid. Uh, yeah, at the same time, if you're an engineer, if you're a housewife, whatever you were, it had something just that was kind of very iconic about it. And I suppose, and that's the British way as well. They're really good at doing iconic identity and iconic design. You think of Transport for London, the underground, the London bus, all that stuff. They, those guys are pretty good at that, you know. So I, I just can't imagine RTE thinking like that at that time. Well, Maybe things have changed. Let's uh, we'll we'll pull it up for for viewers yeah. to have a have a quick look at it here. That's it, and then you know, I need about three or four variations of that. Yeah. About eight seconds. You know, can you imagine telling an ad person, I want to do a brilliant ad that lasts 40 or 50 years in eight seconds? Yeah. Scared of a jazz animal. It sounds like it oozes confidence for basically what you're saying there. confidence. Yeah. Simplicity. You know, the things that uh, kind of companies all, I want simplicity. I want cut through. You know, but it is the differentiation. It was so different at the time to what was currently on television. And it just made a, a like a statement. a statement of real confidence for an up and comer. Like, if you think about it, that it was like it was very hard to break into a market where you had these pillars of television that you had to compete against, and then these new young upstarts. But they already felt we were already up there. Yeah, straight from that, just that mnemonic alone made you feel like, well, we're here already.
right at your level, a if not orchestral piece. Very establishment kind of. We're part of it already. Yeah. yeah. Channel Four Racing, Four Film, all of these things. They built this brand to actually like to touch everything and inform everything. But again, geometry, mathematics, simplicity, craft, attention to detail, all the things that like you know, should be there in more advertising, but isn't. There's two things to it. I think he wants to. And, Let's just try to explain the whole world of branding and identity in a simple way. Most identities for a company, whether Federal Express, whether it's Vodafone, whether, you know, they're, they're, a, they're graphic identity. Mm -hmm. It's usually designed as a singularity, something that's on its own, that doesn't move. Okay, it's one thing because it got used to those days it was all about print advertising uh, or as a poster or as a side of a bus or as a 48 sheet, you know. So, so you had an identity that was designed to work as a static single thing. So he tried to design it to do that, but he also knew that he was working in a medium that was just all about motion, all about movement. So how can I create an identity actually that actually moves and is static at the same time? And that's exactly what he did do. So it goes from something, it's just, it's from a singularity, so it explodes out and it comes back into a singularity. So he, that, and that was a, and that was the problem he needed to solve. How do I create an identity that has energy and action on, on TV and broadcast? But how do I create an identity when it's on its own, that giant sign outside, you know, kind of on the left bank down in the, off the Thames? How does it actually like make people like almost crash their cars? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and yeah. kind of go, that's solid. That's rock. And if you go to Shepherd's Bush, you watch BBC have. It's not as good. No. You know, it doesn't have that weight. Mm. It doesn't have that kind of cultural That's significance. Yeah, 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 and it's lost that. So the, again, he was trying to solve two problems. Um, but the choice of colors, yeah, um, it's actually based upon this base. There's a, a when you go onto TV, I'm getting a little bit technical here. You go onto TV, yeah, yeah the, the, the colors that he used have, are specifically chosen from the spectrum that exists on TV yeah. to be on, really punchy. On the, sl on, on the slate as well. Yeah. Or GB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. called red, yeah. green, blue. Yeah, yeah. As a versus to when you go into print, you're in. Oh, I can't remember. Cyan, yellow, magenta. Blah blah. CMYK. But, yeah, CMYK. Thank you very much. You want a design job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only question. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So he kind of he looked at the medium. He looked at the message. He looked at the problem he had to solve, and he did. He resolved all of those things to create this this iconic identity, which is also a great ad. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Like when you talk about identity, because I remember. Um, when I was coming up about uh, 18, 19 with E4's Ident. Yeah, yeah. Right, I remember yeah. they used to do the competition. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that being the first time and obviously being part of the Channel 4 family in E4. I remember designing one, filming it, doing motion because like that was like a thing. Yeah. There was everyone who was like 16 to 17 in the UK and Ireland were like, yeah, put it in, put it in, put yeah. it in. And that even grew, but that always came from the four. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just to see even that like translating across their other brands and then them using it as an opportunity because obviously e4 is very young getting young creators involved even though you don't get selected they only yeah. pick like five but yeah. um using that ident and bringing it on as you said making it last yeah. like so that's not even making the four last it's actually making the logic of the ident translate the whole way through 40 years I like no, this no. is the real hard thing yeah. about advertising like advertising is designed for the moment yeah it has to do that yeah, yeah, yeah. it has to sell a product or a service right now really fast this weekend but creating an identity design that has to last for 40 or 50 years, how hard is that? But the best ad agencies, the best creative directors, they think like that. They can build something that stands the test of time but delivers immediate sales. That's the, that's the trick. And that's where design and advertising probably need to work better together. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes we get it right. 
And sometimes we don't get it right. <laughs> Before we move on to, to, to your first selection, David, would it would this be a bit of a stretch now, Daryl? You said you watched that when you were 12 when it first came out? I was 12, yeah. Was Do you reckon that was maybe a, a one of the first moments going, I, I like this world, I like this area, or were you already kind of in that design art and space? I have to say, that was a seminal moment for me. Really? When I saw that ad, or so I saw that for code. And I remember one of the first projects I ever did when I went to art college in TV graphics, remember that day, like, was to try to recreate, at that time, uh, a new identity for RT2 at the time. And I completely went back to when Martin Army done, I made a feckin' hand. That's crap. So, uh, oh, 100%. Because it's geometry. It's the, it's, yeah, the yeah. It's, it's hard to describe the balance and the mathematics. Everything mm. there that's into it. There's a real craft and art to yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Great choice. And that's the first ident we've ever had on the, on the podcast as well. So how are you going to follow that? <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. I'll just bring the best director in the world out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a great way to lead up to, to your first choice. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, the first one I chose was uh, The Future's Bright, The Future's Orange. Uh, and it was um, the the time when Hutchinson Telecom, I think it was at the time, changed to a new a new type of telecoms company. And it's really interesting if you kind of go back in to the actual logo itself. Itself was seminal and different, and and brought change to an industry that was very technological. It was all about technology and bits and bytes and communication networks but it wasn't really about lifestyle and it wasn't about the ability for you to go further because of what you've got in your hand and 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 that that's what this this advert did in abundance it it showed that actually what was important were people and the lives they lived and it wasn't about the technology the technology was just an enabler so it set a mark for orange for the next 15 years, they didn't show a single handset in yeah. any of their adverts. Wow. No technology at all. It was it's all cool. about the life that you can live. The future. And what's beautiful about this ad and specifically, it's as relevant now. As, actually, it's even more relevant now than it was when it launched because it's painting a picture where actually there is that kind of drive towards, well, I want to get out and experience life again and not be f stuck in front of a device. Mm. But knowing that that device has benefits to you, but there is still the world around you, mm. for you to live. So this advert shows that world and that people are about people. They're not just about the technology that enables them to do things. Brilliant. And and that's where this, this advert, apart from the craft, and Beautiful craft. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the rigor that Ridley Scott brought to the commercial, like you just go back to his like the first commercials he did, like Hobus. They're so heartwarming. They're so meaningful. The narrative and the storytelling in this advert alone is just extraordinary, and uh, but really gets you riled up behind it. And that's why it probably just stuck in my mind for so long, and I've never forgotten the feeling I had from the first time I watched it to even when I had to find the ones for you guys. Um, to show, okay, so, so actually, yeah, just watching it again, it's like, wow, that's so uplifting. One of the greatest so taglines ever. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah. The future's bright. So the future's positive, orange. So so yeah. iconic. Right, but so right for now. And that's the, when again back to the point is, in design, we always look to the craft and the rigor to ensure that what we do is meaningful to people from for many years to come. And this ad for me is just as meaningful today as it is that it was. Well, let's, let's have a quick look at it. Yeah. So. 
In the future, email will make the written word a thing of the past. In the future, we won't have to travel. We'll meet on video. In the future, we won't need to play in the wind and rain. Computer games will provide all the fun we need. In the future, cable and satellite will make cinema obsolete. And in the future, man won't need woman, and woman won't need man. Not in our future. Orange don't think technology should change the world, just make it a better place. The future's bright, the future's orange. It's a cracking ad. I just, I, Ridley's just all over it. Goose pimples. Yeah. All, you know, it's, every time, it's just that insight into humanity that sometimes you, you kind of forget those things that actually really are meaningful to people. And you're going like, actually, yeah, yeah technology is really important and it is fantastic. I'm a big advocate of technology. I love technology. But it's not, it's the, it, the, the life experience isn't just a piece of technology. It's what it can afford you as well as the other things in life that are worth living for. The enabler almost, yeah, as opposed no, to being the thing well, now. No, exactly, yeah. So it's 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 the it's the best of both. As you said, it's about technology adding to, not detracting from. I think that was 95, 96 that ad came out. Right, yeah. And to say, like, you know, all the things that are really relevant to us now. Yeah. You know, kind of way, you know, your video video Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video card, you kind of, shit, man, they got that all right. And then, like, the email and all, and cinema, you know, these platforms that we have now. And kind of, like, it's it's a very powerful emotive, but there's a sense of truth in it, you know, and honesty. And it's a very courageous ad. But yeah, to, to yeah. demonstrate, like, for example, we talked earlier about some films and stuff like that. And I I, I'm, I love going to the cinema for the experience of the cinema. I can watch it at home yeah. and I have a lovely you know, setup at home to watch great movies. But the shared experience in the cinema is like no other. The feeling you get when everybody's seeing the same thing at the same time yeah. on the large screen and the sound and everything. Why would you ever not want that it's almost, in your life? It's almost like, and this might be a little bit too lofty, but it's it's like a transcendental moment when you're sitting yes. in that screen and it's like, whether it's whatever logo comes up, Universal or one, yeah. whatever whatever it is, it's like... 20th century folks. You know, you, yeah. get, you get that. It's almost, it, for me, it reminds me of going to the cinema as a kid for maybe a birthday party totally, or something. Yeah. It like brings you back to going, this is still the same, even mm. better now when you're older. Yeah. And it's crap, but it's a crap film. Then you'll remember it's crap more in the cinema than you will at home. Yeah. The, the, fantastic, the fantastic thing about the storytelling in that advert is that it reminds you of that. Yeah. It reminds you of what really matters, and that which is that kind of warmth inside those memories, those things you can relate to. It says, "Oh yes, of course, we can forget about the hand, you know, the written word, but do you want to forget you want about to, it? Yeah, and why not have both?" 
and what, that's the thing yeah it's not just what i think is super other. super brave about that from a filmmaking production perspective is bringing in the element of time time is terrifying and talking about time passing and what you lose with time for an audience is a topic that will put people uh, give anxiety so to be able to play in that space so cleverly because when you when you ro- walk that tightrope yeah you got to be able to fucking be brave enough to bring them yeah. back from it yeah. and to be we know what we're doing and even using the sundial Oh, it's class. Man, yeah, that was just gorgeous. But then br- using the brand to yes. bring them back yeah. from yeah. whatever level of anxiety they could have potentially been feeling when thinking and, about and, time and, is fabulous. As much the pacing of the advert. Cause yes. The phoneticness of a lot of adverts these days have lost that drawing you in moment. Yeah. And that ad draws you in. So what, yeah. what are you getting to? What are yeah, you getting yeah. to? Where, Where are we going here? Ah, gotcha. It felt like, because it was very, obviously, cinematic the way it was shot. Yes. But, to that exact point, that kind of that 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 slow drawing, it felt like it was like the opening scene of a, like a dystopian Future. style film or yes. something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. something set in the fifties, but it's actually futuristic yeah, yeah. at the same time kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, and I suppose being the director, he is a kind of. But like uh, to say the line, "Man will not need woman, yeah. and woman will need man." You kind of go. How did he get that script passed? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason why I got we 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 were actually. Tangentially involved with Orange in the late nineties, we had a non-executive director here, a great guy, um, who was involved in creating the identity, that block of Orange. Mm. They had a CEO at the time called Hans Snook. He was kind of like I think he was Norwegian or Swedish, I can't remember. You know those kind of Swedish? They kind of go or they kind of go. We will do this. Yeah. I don't care what you have to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he yeah, just yeah. he just and it was a very, it was an executive decision. And he made, he just cut through a lot of, because the research was coming back, no yeah, way, yeah, no way, yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> like all the, and, and he said, no, we have to make our mark. This is what we believe in. And he created an ad that he believed in. And by osmosis, then the rest of the company did. And he attracted kind of like people over the country. Yeah, it's gutsy stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. And it's funny we talk about not actually showing the product. I think I read something not too long ago. I don't know if this is bullshit, but I, I might as well say it. Is that we don't dream about phones. Mm-hmm. For some no. reason, we don't dream about our device. Because right. I'm obsessed with devices. Yes. So we've made two films, two short films, and I'm I, I directed them, and I'm obsessed with our relationship with phones. Yeah. And what it is. So like, I adore the film Her, and that like I I, right. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. we're attached to it, right? And what it kind of does for us. But I remember reading about something that we don't dream about phones. So when we th- when our subconscious thinks about our life and tries to make sense of it's our life, it, it gets rid of that. It gets rid of it, right? Yeah. And they say that's going to change over the next couple of decades. But uh, and then when I read that, I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I never dream. I never like on the phone. You dream, but you lose your phone. Yeah, yeah. And you dream about the fear because that's never, just fear. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, never yeah. see it. And it's just crazy. So I just love when you're talking about a brand. It's like, well, we sell phones. It's like, yeah, but to a person, phone doesn't really fucking matter. That's not what they yes. dream about. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. dream about everything else around it. Like, but I just think that's an interesting psychological thing around the actual use of devices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phones. Yeah. It's good, though. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's again, it's the ambition. It's the craft. It's the attention yeah. to detail. You know, like even the words chosen are beautifully scripted. You know, and like, I know people will say, well, they had like, half a million to make that ad and they probably did you know uh, um, but still that like every penny every cent is on screen yeah, yeah. you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. and rock on with that so like that's a, that, that that's sometimes you have to make that investment to get that type it's of it's a big event Ridley moves event. quick when he films but he, he does well would <laughs> 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 you ever see the Hovisad he did I know we're so other ads you ever see the Hovisad he did no oh my oh, god Jesus have a look at that it was 1975 uh, or 76 before he did Alien <laughs> you got Elvis and Alien kind of going I don't know what's going on there <laughs> but like yeah there's a well he's he's an incredibly brave director because I remember seeing a round table with him and Danny Boyle and Danny Boyle talking about no director goes back to space 
because yeah. it's so hard to ground the audience with gravity. It's yeah. a big yeah. problem when you do sci-fi. And he goes, the only person that I know, because like Stanley Kubrick, 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 yeah, Kubrick yeah, yeah. no one goes back, right? And Kubrick does it in his infection. They talk about that. And Ridley obviously wouldn't be good friends with Kubrick. But then Danny goes, except him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like uh, aliens back to Martian. He was like, he goes back to space. Yeah. And yeah. he talks about Because he loves it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, yeah. But he talks about how he uses, you, gravity is the problem with a tripod. If you don't have gravity in the space you're in, you're using a tripod. The audience is what the fuck is going on? What is the gravity here? But it's just interesting. He's just the bravest. When I hear him talking about different insights he has on his craft, yeah. every time it's something I've not heard. Like he's always coming up with something inside. Like he's just unbelievable. He's just... But it's... Watch master. him as well. You know, there's a great line. Fashion fades. You know, Yves Saint Laurent said this. Style is eternal. That guy has got style. Yeah. You know, you can see it in terms of the techniques you use in the film. So I want... I like to see ads that have an unadulterated, really great sense of style mm -hmm. to them. You know, that kind of that sense that's very true to who they, true, true they are. So anyway, it's just, it's a... It's, is, that what yes, is that what we're going to see for your second choice? Right, so second choice, yeah. So, oh, right, so, you know, difficult uh, to make a fun. There was a few here that I was thinking about, but look, I, all cards on the table. I'm an Apple fan. Always have been an Apple fan since the kind of 84, 85. When I first saw that Ridley Scott ad in 1984, uh, you know, where, um, at the Super Bowl. But... I think there's something about Apple where they believe and think different. Um, and it's such a well-controlled, well-defined, again, well-crafted brand. They own everything. They try to control everything, but in the right kind of way, for the right kind of reasons. And there's a touch of the artist and a touch of the mathematician, a touch of technology, but a touch of left. They've got all of these characteristics. Um, but what I really like about this ad, it's a very simple ad. You know, how do you personify technology? We all talk about technology again to apple in this ad they didn't use any products that just used t two types of people you know one's a pc and i'm a mac you know just a long he just done jeepers creepers i think he was going to do yeah. uh, die hard you know he was the cool kid the hip you know guy who drinks coffee you know the kind of kid that you kind of go you hope your daughter comes home with yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but kind of yeah, yeah. you know would push the conversation as well at the dinner table somewhere to go set against your man i think it was john hodge he was like a, who's playing the pc yeah plays the yeah. pc he's like a and so you know, what a very simple, and uh, what I liked about this ad as well, pure white, low cost, you know, and they said, I'm going to give you two, a concept here. Okay, you're a PC, you're a Mac. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? It's improv. Mm -hmm. They gave them the kind of the white lines, the park, the pitch to play on. You play. Uh, and there was apparently like there was done a shot over two to three days uh, and there was an awful lot of material put together to which they produced six, I think, 10 second, 15 second, 20 second ads. You know, this is one of the most valuable companies in the world, one of the greatest production budgets, one of the greatest kind of advertising marcoms budgets in the world. And I think they only spent, was it like about five, six hundred thousand dollars producing these ads? Uh, so, and I thought, and it shifted the whole thing. It, it made me, as someone who kind of fought for Apple, uh, you know, because I'd always be sort of saying there, you know, we let's buy an Apple. And they say, no, nah, you can't work in it. It won't connect it to this mainframe. I want this. Lots of security risks. And they weren't. They were, the, the, like, actually much more respect for privacy and data. So this simple idea um, to actually, and then, of course, we know she just shifted to the gears. The iMac and then became the most valuable company in the world um, uh, very quickly. So, so again, I just lo love the idea of, of just the space 
why uh, and two pers- personalities been used actually to bring a brand to life. Quite difficult to do, but because Apple is very true, you kind of know what Apple stands for, what it believes in, uh, and everything it does. It was quite easy to create these personalities, you know, and to 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 do that. And I think that's a very powerful brand that you can kind of go, you know, if I meet a Vodafone person in the street, I don't know if they're Vodafone. Maybe there's, there's a bang of O2 off that guy. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the story is. But like with Apple, they have a very clear understanding of who they are, what they believe in. They're able to project that onto the products and the experiences that they do and the packaging that they create. And in turn, it's easy for them to create their uh, marketing and, and communications. Well, let's have, a, let's have a quick look at yeah. some examples. Of them. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Hey, Mac, did you hear the good news? Right. Windows 7 is out. And it's not going to have any of the problems my last operating system had. Trust me. I feel like I've heard this before, PC. What? Windows Vista's here, and it's not going to have any of the problems that Windows XP had. It's not going to have any of the problems that Windows ME had. It's not going to have any of the problems that Windows 98 had. It's not going to have any of the problems Windows 95 had. It's not going to have any of the problems Windows 2 had. Trust me. This time it's going to be different. Trust me. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Gesundheit, you okay? No, I'm not okay. I have that virus that's going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, better, you better stay back. This one's a doozy. That's okay. I'll be fine. No, no, do not be a hero. Last year, there were 114,000 known viruses for PCs. PCs? Not Macs. So, you just grab this one. I think I got a crash. Hey, if you feel like that'll help, good. You know, in America, obviously, that's the biggest market that you got to sell to. Sell to, you know, you've kind of a left wing and a right wing thing going on, you know. So, uh, and that Mac would also, would always try to think it's left wing. You know, and it's more liberal, you know, um, but what I think they did with that ad really well was that they showed kind of some set level of connection. They tried to go with that divide, that partisan, and they do try to do that, you know, by kind of, yeah, but still, but I just, again, it's just an ad that really is very true to their belief system and so easy for them then to layer onto a personality. You know, and I think that's, that's, I mean, there's not, not that many companies, not that, there's not that many ads out there that can really borrow very easily from the person, from real personalities that exist out there. Those those ads are literally what sold me into the Mac cult. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, because yeah. I was around college time for us. Yeah. And you had one and you had no, but you were just sitting in a coffee right. shop with a fucking no scarf right. on, and on a Mac <laughs> and he's just up from Buddy Ballantober in Mayo. I was like, where'd you get that? Yeah. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's Keynote? But it was, it was literally like, I, I like, I, I made the point. I was like, yeah. I will get a student loan and I will get a Mac. You know, it it, it doesn't make financial sense. Uh, PC would be much, much better. But no, I, I needed a Mac. And that's, they're, they're like yeah. heavy, <laughs> heavily because down the to the thing those about, ads. The, what's great about those ads is the, the truism in them. Because they're, each point is it's kind of true, true. But in the improv, like a good comedy, it relates to people. So they can just go, ah, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. Like the virus thing. Like, ah, yeah. And like I, the improv is great though. Yeah. You could just see two guys riffing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go with this. Yeah, whose lines is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think, um, look, you know, you come from. We all live in an era where Mac now is kind of it's the num- most valuable company, as I said, most valuable company in the world. 
But we come from an era where we fought every day against the world of PC. They would laugh at us all the time and kind of go, you know, what are you talking about? How do you turn it on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of go, you know, and, and we were kind of going like, Mac is the future. We, we would say this, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, when we, uh, when, uh, we started and when we left college, started our company, we got our first chunk of cash. It's we bought the, Macs. It's, yeah. it's inside the original. The original. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. wow. And, uh, 30 years ago. And they were just saying, you can't do that. We had, look, this is the future. This is going to enable us to build a company, build lives for our families, all this kind of stuff. We really believed, you know, because it, thought differently, acted differently, and it kind of appealed to us. Uh, so, But it came from a human point of view. Human human it's easy to use. It's about, again, like the orange advert, it's about what you can do, not the bits and bytes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's really important from a craft point of view. And also Steve Jobs was an avid typographer. He loved typography. Mm. And that's why he created typefaces for your computer. You know, which you didn't have before that. And you have to remember that you didn't have that experience. So it was about that engagement that is for people, you know, like the, guy, people. The, the guys at PC who say, like, why do you need a font? I was kind of going, why? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what's <laughs> the why do you need clothes? Why do you need yeah. clothes? How will we yeah, yeah. communicate? Like, yeah. yeah, what kind of, you know, why do you buy a Toyota over such a, it's kind of like, it's just uh, my entire career you're undermining with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What, yeah. I, what I love about that tonally. What yeah. I think is really clever about that is the casting yeah. and the guys like giving them somewhat direction to be like, okay, stay here. Don't bully them. Yeah, no. Because no, if they easy, that could have easily gone down. Yes. College bully, cool guy, nerdy yeah, guy. These crap, you know what I mean? These poindexters, you know that type of crap? Yeah. yeah. Um, but just too cool for time school. after Jeepers Creepers was coming, he was huge. Everyone loved him. The, the equivalent, you could have cast Jay Baruchel from Canada. Well, it's the same person. And like, um, he just, his tone is like friendly. And confident in what he is, but it's okay. You do your thing, but I'm just yeah. doing my thing. Yeah. And that's what Mac exactly. was, yeah. just slowly taking over the world because they knew yeah. what we're doing is right. Yeah, yeah. And it was that confidence came true in that casting and that direction on that. But the, as you said, the well, improv, I'd say just giving them topics. Talk about virus. You yeah. have when you don't go. But, but I, again, uh, it wasn't all bells and whistles, and that's the thing about it. Like the yeah. the agency behind it just thought it through because it was about the message. Yeah. And let's just pair it right back, which is what Apple do. So it lived and yeah. breathed. The, the the feeling of the brand but then the expression of it was one you can see one feels more relatable and the other one feels and like, i think right. like the first ad in 1984 where they launched the brand you know and it was george orwell's 1984 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah basically yeah, it was loaded with fear you know yeah. it was dystopian this time mad max 2 all that kind of stuff it was just <laughs> like it was a powerful ad but that is and that's a primary driver in human beings is fear you know, so like, you know, uh, and where you situationally assess something. And so what I just think that ad does is it just collapsed and broke down all those fears. It's cool. It's easy. There's nothing to worry about. We're all in this together. Let's figure it all out. And I think from that perspective, I think it, that's where she crossed the divide, the divide or it crossed the divide. Yeah. And, and, and it's nice and when you see the, the promises that it's making in the ad, not promises, but the truth it's doing following true through your actual user yeah. reality yeah or, exactly or although we're, we're getting a little bit worried about matt apple now at the moment yeah so it's <laughs> kind of a, but the fact that mac was white that was yeah. the biggest and the background is white there's a yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a there's a um uh pairing there because i remember the first time i saw mac i was in school and someone was just lying on the floor on a computer i was like what the hell is that yeah, yeah. why'd you get a white computer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then you build and you're like oh this is the whole thing so having it's not that, beige yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not or horrible beige. metallic gray and just <laughs> <laughs> so um then for our last uh selection then david what do we have for 
Right. Or, so or I, I picked an advert that actually is at its essence the most simple thing, but it's it's capturing a moment to get people engaged with a product, right? So there's just that again back to a truism that people can relate to. There's that kind of sense of time and they go, ah, that that moment, I can relate to that. That's me. Um but what it does in its simplicity, it, it adds so much many layers through its visual narrative and, and pokes to give you the sense of smell for example you watch the ad and you can almost smell what's going on in that moment although you can't you can't smell it it adds to the experience so much more enriching um but it's just in itself it's the combination of sound and visuals and that moment that just again we kind of use it i use it a lot as a reference to other ad, ad advertising to go like th there's something simple but true, the truth in that is beautiful. And it's like, you understand that marketplace and you know, it's, it's a butter at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? It's a butter, but yeah. but what is the butter? The butter is that moment and you remind of More than putting butter. it on the to just, the just spreading it across some beautiful made toast. And it brings a smile to the mind going, that's, that's, oh, that's advertising at its best. You have you done you you've done Kerrygold ads? Haven't you? Probably someone's done come a up with that. And, uh, yeah, oh God. Yeah, we've done a couple. <laughs> of them, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so that would whoever did that apologise. But uh, this uh, one, there's something very real in it. Like the, this is how like the way it's be done. shot, and just the little nuances in the, there's water bubbles out of the kettle and sizzles on the and thing. And it's like, yeah, that's just very real. It's not perfectly beautiful. It's not perfect in every way, but it's perfectly formed. And and that and that just kind of it just resonates with me. It's like when advertising is at its best, it's simple, relating something and honest. connecting to an emotion and a feeling to people in the most honest and straightforward way. And I think that's the problem with advertising. It's not really honest. Yeah, and it can't be really. It's very rare. Uh, so an so ad when it gets to be when an ad what, gets yeah. to be really honest, as close as it can be, you know. But at the same time, it's still sell, shifting products, selling numbers, you know. There's something that's good to you about that, but they, but then when you try to, and when they do that fake honesty, and uh, that's the worst, you know. We do a lot of work for charity, but we don't like to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, Oh, I didn't do this for the PR. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why are you here? So, photographer there. Yeah, So it's tricky, but uh, I think we we but like. It's just a beautiful advert. It's so simple and beautiful and beautifully crafted. And the well sound shot. in it is just sound of SFX are fantastic. You know, people underestimate the value of sound. Oh, sound good is... sound. Let's have a let's have a quick look at it. Saturday. Time to celebrate the death of the week. Time to ponder the miracle that is egg. Time for pancakes. Why just once a year? Or toast. A granary canvas for a million toppings. Saturday breakfast deserves the best. Give it Lurpak. Latte, not to go. Saturday is breakfast day. It's just this. <laughs> the, even the cinematography, the use of negative space to yeah, unease yeah. that this is not perfect. Even framing the character. No, totally. Wrong. And using that negative space, that's that's just that Saturday morning. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. I've never actually seen that. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It reminds me that. of um, like uh, a good friend uh, of mine, David Hochter, who 
he's staying in my house one one uh, week and it was Saturday morning and he was so excited. It was like 10 a.m. We were up and we were like going to go into town and get a bit. I was like, are you really excited for a Saturday morning? He goes, Saturday mornings are the best part of the entire week. The whole, <laughs> you have a weekend of opportunity right yeah. in front of you. <laughs> That's really, fucked up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a start of some like, like train spotted movie or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But like, it's true. It is like Saturday morning is such a unique little bubble. Yeah. The, the thing and in the advert for me is that, you know, you see a lot of commercials and people are in bed and they're waking up and they're going, oh, they're yawning and it's all idealized. Not somebody with their arm hanging out. Yeah. And almost <laughs> drooling. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's what Saturday morning is. Yeah. You just, I can sleep in and I don't care and I can look whatever way I want. But it's just that, again, capturing that magic and connecting to it. That connection. Yes, the breakfast on Saturday morning, it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. It can be later on, but it's going to be great and taste great because. So like we were talking about movie making earlier and saying like, you know, I'm Colleen Kuhn. Don't know if you saw it. It's just I haven't actually like got to see it yet. <coughs> it's good. Yeah. I think what there's some fantastic acting, brilliant directing, beautiful script, but it's the way it's observed. You know, those moments um, uh, and it's the observation, I think, is so well captured and listened. So it's like they not just observed, they listened to those sounds and then they've and very faithfully recreated. And that's difficult to do. You know, like, you know, people, a lot of people could do, but how could you actually get, you know, you, you can imagine them fecking the, the lava marmalade hundred no again again to get it but it's like it's it's yeah it's just it's the egg is what came into my head with that with the drop on the left yeah. i was like how many fuck i bet you it went back and it was the first <laughs> take and the client went no no yeah. no we want a bit cleaner and then they went back it was like the first one was perfect. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even the first time they show the product it's this kind of a skewed version with a big chunk tuck in over the butter and just took the yeah. knife on so it that negative space is fabulous it's just yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it's not perfectly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. There's loads of creases on the foil, and there's all, it's it's real. It yeah. feels real. You engage with it in a real way. It's very human, but still emotionally engaging and very connectable. And and that's the that's the thing for me. It's like advertising at its best. And it can be its simplest. And that's but the, real. And I'm hungry now. I am actually probably a good way to wrap it up then what, <laughs> a, what a fantastic ad um, and thank you so much for having us into your space uh, it's gorgeous uh, can't wait to have a poke around after after, after this but uh, uh, David and Daryl thank you so much for, for having us into to Image Now if anyone's listening to the podcast and they want to get in touch with you or hear more about what Image Now does, does what's the best way to, to reach out just uh, Daryl at Image Now D-A-R-R-E-L-L uh, at image now one word a m a g e n o w dot a i'm so used to saying that yeah, <laughs> uh, that was impressive yeah yeah like but just or drop us uh, now dot yeah yeah uh, and uh yeah but you know where we're coming from don't come in here unless you kind of you're you're serious about design serious yeah, about craft yeah, yeah. And kind of and leaving your mark, <laughs> yeah, and, and even even your website ImageNow.ie. If anyone goes onto it, it's 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 a beautiful portfolio of exactly what you just said, personified and visual. So, um, it it's a uh, it's it's gorgeous to look at. Love you being here, and thank you so much for, for sharing your and thoughts. Keep, on keep up the good work, lads. You know? Cheers, thank you. Yeah, thank you very yeah, much. It's, it's great really to stuff. yeah yeah very yeah, much so. It's good fun. Yeah, brilliant. Well, if anyone was listening and want to actually see their lovely office uh, or the, at least the studio room and and uh, the ads we showed, go to workwithfo.ie for slash podcast. Uh, uh, but until then, we'll see, say goodbye, and until next week. Cheers. Cheers.